Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in. Hour number three, Monday edition. I am down in the free state of Florida. Spring break craziness has descended on the state of Florida, by the way. People are making up for the past couple of years when it was not as wild. Buck up in New York City. And Buck, it was only 58 degrees here yesterday. I was driving down the road, and I saw about 15 girls coming across the road. All they had made them, they had made their minds up, even though it was not very warm. They were going. They had brought those bikinis here for a reason. And I gotta say, if you are a college kid, this is going to be one of the all-time great spring break years because everyone is making up for past spring breaks. Remember two years ago, remember the interview that they had with the spring break guy on the, on the beach? Everybody was killing him because the, the guy was like, oh, well, we're not worried about COVID. We're here to celebrate on the beach. And then the, this was about the time when the frenzy over, you have to shut down the beaches. What in the world are you doing? Meanwhile, the data now reflects that probably the best place you could always be during the past two years in terms of safety is outdoors on the beach in the sunshine. Uh, yet we were shutting everybody down like crazy. And the worst thing to do was to force people to stay in their homes yes. in close quarters with other people with very little sunlight and air circulation. Correct. That was the worst thing, and yet that was the actual outcome of the policies for a lot of the work-from-home folks. So you send one person out to go to the grocery store or they were an essential worker, they get COVID, they come home, now everyone else is at home, yes. and they get COVID. And worse than that even was many of those homes were multi-generational, so you were putting elderly people who were most at risk and demanding that they stay in close proximity to everyone else instead of being out and about but I'm telling you that there is a frenzied party scene atmosphere, uh, even where I am in Florida, which is not exactly known as a frenzied party scene atmosphere, uh, because people are looking to make up for for lost time. So that is going on right now all over the state of Florida. And 
the madness, let's call it what it is, the madness of inflation. Buck, earlier we shared a clip of Janet Yellen saying, hey, this is going to be a year-long thing. And remember, initially it was transitory, and then it was because of COVID coming back, and there were supply chain issues, and this was all artificial in many ways, is what the Biden administration argued. Now they're trying to argue that it's Vladimir Putin's fault. And the price of gas hopefully is going to come back a little bit. That's my hope, because barrels of gas prices have come back down from over $130 to, uh, to let me check and see, I'll, I'll, I'll check and see the official price of gas right now. Uh, but I want to play you this clip because Democrats feel like they have a pulse on the American public. And their idea for what you should do to deal with the price of oil is to go buy an electric car. This is uh, a Marie Antoinette moment writ large for the Democratic Party. I want you to listen to multiple Democratic Party officials say the way to deal with the price of gas increasing over $4 gallon of gas. Just go buy an electric car. We need to make sure that it becomes relatively more attractive to have an electric vehicle instead of a gas. So you vehicle. want gas prices to go up and oil prices. To you go need up it to reflect to the true cost of carbon. If you drive an electric car, this would not be affecting you clearly. There's no sound or fuel. How many barrels of oil does the U.S. consume per day? I don't have that number in front of me. So how do I know it's actually working? What is the Granholm plan to increase oil production in America? <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> that is hilarious. Perhaps if you let the market work in this respect, people will feel pain. They'll take a second look at that Ford F-450 gigantoid truck. They'll reconsider a Tesla. I'm willing to pay $4 a gallon. Hell, I'll pay $15 a gallon because I drive a Tesla. I have a Chevy Bolt. That is my car. I lease a Bolt and I lease solar panels. All right. So, Buck, I just checked. Price of oil. This is a positive down to around $101, $102. It got up to around $130. In theory, the hope would be that the price of oil that you are paying at gas stations might come back. Now, obviously, the price of oil is adjusting on a day-to-day basis, and people have to buy it at different times. But the hope is that it's not going to continue to skyrocket higher based on where we are right now. But how tone-deaf is it to argue that people who are already struggling for the price of gas at over $4 a gallon to suggest that the solution for those people is to go buy a $50,000 electric vehicle. It's next level awful in terms of an argument to actually make. And to me is representative of Democrats not really understanding by and large what so-called real Americans are dealing with and what real economic issues are out there. I can't even keep up with the price of gas in California. I think I saw on, on social media a photo of it at, at, at like $7 a oh, gallon. Oh, yeah, it's over something. $7 a gallon yeah, in some which, places. Which is just, I mean, this is getting, you know, what's amazing is that Donald Trump said with Biden, you could have $7 a gallon gas, and it was, oh, the fact checkers. He said that in 2019, everybody. Yes. Oh, the fact checkers are coming out. Oh, it will never happen. Never happen. Right? Impossible. Another thing, yes. another thing that Trump was right about, and they were 
wrong about. Also, with electric cars, where does the electricity actually come from? I think that's always a fascinating part of this conversation. It's not coming from the windmill that all the Tesla owners have in their backyard, as fancy as their homes in Malibu, Nantucket, and you know the Upper East Side may be. Uh, the truth is that it comes overwhelmingly from fossil fuel energy. So it's coal, right? Coal uh, electric plants. Uh, uh, it should be nuclear, but they don't like nuclear because it scares them, even though nuclear is actually quite safe. And if you were, if they were serious about emissions, Clay, there would be a full on embrace of nuclear power in this country. If they really wanted to do something that was not insane, right, not the Green New Deal, let's rebuild every house so that it's carbon neutral or whatever it was. You know, let's let's capture the cow farts because the methane is so destructive. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, a real thing. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, if they were serious about it, they would they would go all in on nuclear. France is much more reliant on and advanced in its uh, use of nuclear power than we are as a result of the environmental lobby in this country. But just like just like other areas, of the Democrat Party, the environmentalist left has a lot of money behind it. You know, there are all these ultra billionaires who fund all kinds of left wing causes in general and they are religious in their zeal about their environmentalism it's, you know they get to live in a 15,000 square foot house actually you know four or five of them and fly private everywhere while they're passing out to the peasants the crumbs from the co2 table you know oh you guys have to all take bicycles i think this is fantastic for the country to actually see in real time that Democrats won't. People are suffering. Gas is more expensive. Everything is more expensive. And they're essentially saying, make do with less, peasants. This is great messaging for them going into the midterms. I hope they stay with it. Or, you know, get a Tesla or an electric scooter, Clay, because well, with gas you where are, it is. You are the electric scooter man. You know, with gas where it is, uh, it all of a sudden makes a lot of economic sense to be scoot scooter ruin all over New York City. I What sound do you make? Uh, does your scooter have a bell? Do you I have mean, the scooter right here? I just want the people to hear. I don't know if I don't know if they could hear that one. Hold with, it up, hold it up right to the mic. Listen to this. <laughs> Let me is, tell you. That is, is nothing... not I, if you if you could hear that, first of all, that is not a uh, I don't know if you can adjust the tone of your scooter to uh, no, to make I, it more masculine I have perhaps, to get you also mean, louder. You remember when they had I think it was actually I should check on this uh, Congressman Daryl Issa cuz you know he made his fortune with the car alarm like I think it was called the Viper car alarm he was Oh I remember that. that. Yeah yeah you know, yeah. There's a voice that was like step away from the yes. vehicle. I I think that was his voice. I actually need something like that on the electric scooter that's like you know out of my way peasant I'm limiting my CO2 emissions because you press the little bell which I I will tell you I avoid I think I'd rather have a wipeout, then press the little bell out on the street. My theory for you is you need like the Dukes of Hazard. You know when you when you honk the horn in the Dukes of Hazard and it would play. I think it was Dixie, right? Uh, like I would love to see the reaction rolling down the scooter because it's kind of a it's kind of a juxtaposition. You wouldn't expect a man on a scooter to be <laughs> to be playing the Dukes of Hazard theme song when he's coming past you. That now that is an incongruous pairing. And I, I will tell you though, you see you see a city when you're on one of these little electric things. You see a city in a way, and I mean literally see it in a way that you won't otherwise because you cover a lot of ground on the street. And and the disorder, the chaos, and the filth of New York, which is worse than it's been in a very long time. When you're on your when you're you know, rolling around on your scooter, the other things people have are these. Um, they're everywhere now in the city because it's so much easier to get around. The I forget what it's called. It's like a ball or like a wheel that you stand on 
People are flying around oh, those oh, all yeah, the time. I've seen those things. It's, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. an electric unicycle almost. Yeah. There's, those are all over the place now. E-bikes are everywhere too. And I always want to be like, I thought you have a bike or you have something that's you know electric, but apparently the e-bike boosts your you know your pedaling so that you're going faster than you actually. Yeah. Anyway, now this is what's going on in the city? Do scooter guys or girls nod at each other like people in jeeps? You know, when they pass each other in the streets, oh, yeah, like, Clay. do you nod towards others? We're, do you have an affinity group? Electric of scooter people. I mean, we're kind of like the Hell's Angels of the clean energy <laughs> movement. You know, we sort of see each other. Do you think and, you are the only person on a scooter in New York City who voted for Trump? That's a very good question. I think there's a distinct possibility like that scooter scooters for Trump could would be, be a, a small interest group. Very few. There, I mean, there are scooters everywhere, yes. but they definitely watch MSNBC. I'm just going to tell you that straight up. You're kind of undercover. By the way, I did see a great meme. We were talking about the price of uh, of gas. Did you see the uh, screenshot from the movie I Am Legend, Will Smith, where he's like the last person who survived in uh, in the in the country? Yeah, actually, it's a good popcorn movie. I've seen that it's one. It's not few bad times. at all. The price of gas on the gas stations, you know, in a in a apocalyptic America, is lower than the price of gas is right now. Have you not seen that meme? Like, there's a there's a screenshot from the movie, and California is like $2 a gallon more expensive than the price of gas right before uh, the apocalypse has taken well, over the country. And one of the reasons I think it's important that we point out what the messaging is from the White House on this is that we can all see what's happening, and it's going to get worse, and they could be doing things to make it better, but they won't. Because they think the planet's going to melt because of CO2 emissions. I mean, yes. that's, you know, they think of the ice caps and the rise did you, see, the did you see the headline uh, from the Atlantic, Buck, where it said, did you see that about the, oh my God, I've got to find this if I have it on my phone. I know I tweeted it out. Uh, it was about the, uh, well, the, the basically that the downside of nuclear war, Buck, was not nuclear war itself. It was what it might do to the climate. Oh my gosh! I meant change. to get to that today. I think I said that. Did to you, you see guys. it? Yes. Yeah, I mean, that was an amazing article from it's the a, Atlantic. Th- this is in the Atlantic, and we we actually, you know what? We should let, tease it for the next segment. Let's we'll let's get into this in the next segment. Nuclear war would be bad, folks, for a lot of reasons. But the scariest one, according to the Atlantic, is the impact on climate change. Yes. So we, we will get into that in just a moment. The tax filing deadline is little more than a month away. On April eighteenth this year. This filing deadline always brings out the IRS scammers looking to steal your refund and your personal information. The most common scams take place on the phone or via email. Don't be fooled by scam artists offering to help you with a tax return. It's important to understand how this kind of cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Every day, we put our information at risk on the Internet. Could be as easy as buying an airline ticket or registering a child for summer camp. In an instant, a cyber criminal could steal what's yours by obtaining your information online. That's why it's a good thing there's LifeLock. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of online identity threats. If they find that you've been the victim of identity theft, you'll have access to a dedicated restoration specialist who can help you restore your good name and save you dozens of hours of contacting the right people in the process of fixing problems. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But you can help protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year by using promo code BUCK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go online to LifeLock.com. Use promo code BUCK for up to 25% off. Hi, 
I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Encourage you to go download the podcast. Make sure you don't miss a moment of the show. We've been talking about the insanity still surrounding COVID, in particular in New York City, where Kyrie Irving was able to go watch a game from courtside, but he's not able to actually play in the game because of New York City's insane COVID rules. And Kevin Durant is one of the most famous basketball players in the world, and he teed off on New York City Mayor Eric Adams for flexing his authority and looking for attention. I thought this was interesting. He was taking up for his teammate as athletes are finally having enough all over the country with these COVID mandates. It's been now two years that they've been dealing with them since uh, everything shut down. 
Listen to Kevin Durant go after New York City's mayor. I don't get it. It just feels like at this point now, somebody's trying to make a statement or a point to flex their authority. But, you know, everybody out here is looking for attention, and that's why I feel like the the mayor wants right now some attention, you know. But he'll figure it out soon. He better. Um, but it just didn't make any sense. Like, there's unvaxxed people in this building already. We got a guy who uh, can come into the building. I guess, are they fearing our safety? With, like, I don't get it. So, yeah, we're all confused. Pretty much everybody in the world is confused at this point early on in the season. You know, people didn't understand what was going on, but now it just looks stupid. So hopefully, Eric, you you got to figure this out. I think this is pretty significant, right? When you finally have, there were so many athletes who felt this way in general, Buck, and coaches, and I would hear from them so much. And they were afraid of how the media would respond. And Kevin Durant is getting attacked over this. But he sounds like a Clay and Buck listener. I mean, you know, there's so many athletes out there that understand their bodies better than anybody else, recognize that these COVID shots have done nothing to benefit them, and also recognize how absurd it is that they're not requiring the COVID shot in order to come watch the games. Kyrie Irving is a star player. He can sit courtside, high-five his teammates, go into the locker room. If he were a visiting player, he'd be able to play in these games. And yet he's not able to play, and people are fed up with it. They are these are these are indefensible things that we're talking about now. When you're discussing whether it's masking on planes, you know, we all heard Jen Saki. Yeah, like you could like fly from like one place to another with like medium to high transmission, and yes. then like another like low to semi medium transmission. And like if you don't mask on the plane, but you do in like the craft brewery, like what's gonna happen? <laughs> you know, it was idiocy, and we all heard it, and we all know the craft brewery line. By the way, Thank there you. is well played. Um, that's very well played. played. Yeah, but uh, I I gotta say these are indefensible positions, and so what you see now. Is I mean, you've used the term many times, memory hole, and that's exactly what's yeah. going on. There, there's the people that have pushed this stuff. Just they know that without really high numbers and caseload, they can't continue with it. So now it's just, what are you talking about? Everything's fine. There's no problem anymore. We're back to normal today. Next week or next month or whenever it will be time to get your masks out again. I mean, I've been making, I've been throwing them in the trash. I'm finding them all over my apartment because you had to have them here in New York. I did a little spring cleaning. And I'm throwing out my masks because I've, the only place they can really force, by the way, on the Amtrak, I had my mouth that, my mask down beneath my mouth. Amtrak Revel. 90%, 90% of that ride. In the quiet car, too. That's right. That's you knew people weren't going to raise a ruckus in the quiet car. Dude, I wish, I wish that there was a quiet car everywhere in life. If there was a, if there was an airline that required people, I mean, people are usually pretty quiet on planes, but, but quiet is one of the most underrated good things in life people are so loud now all the time everyone's walking around <laughs> playing like their music over their band. bluetooth speakers <laughs> speaking to people like they're shouting across the room and they've got those little airpods and i'm like it's in your eardrum basically why are you shouting you would Quiet. be driven bonkers right now where i am with spring break where kids are going by on their bikes and their cars like uh, loud music everywhere you would just be uh, you would be yelling out the window for them to pipe down. I am I'm still fighting a one man war against noise pollution. Don't even get me started on all the super loud cars now. Oh, well, Everyone has a super loud car. Of everywhere you could live, New York City is probably the loudest place in America. So yeah. your your war against po- uh, noise pollution, there's a lot of other even, places quiet. Even the free state of Florida, you get down to Miami, you get down to West Palm Beach, a lot of people with cars, I won't even try to make the noises 
It's as though they're trying to make it sound like their Hyundai is actually an F-18, you know, yeah. taking oh, off. They do, rev, they do rev up a lot. There's no doubt. By the way, we got a couple of things I think they're going to make people laugh. Should we play the Ryan Long here, or should we save it for the final segment? I, I, I think we I can, we can let this one we let this one rip now. Let's just, so there are a couple of people. They always say, like, on SNL, there's nothing to make fun of, and so they just end up making jokes about, you know, how awful Trump is still or something. Right? Yes. It, it's, it's, it's garbage, propaganda. There are some comedians out there, Ty, uh, Ty Fish, uh, Tyler Fisher does great stuff, Ryan Long does great stuff. Who is the gentleman who did the amazing Trump impression? I'm going to give him a shout out here because I don't know. Yeah, he was Sean, great. People people loved him. Sean Farash. We need great. to get him on for an actual yeah. interview. We Make should do, it clear that it's yes. Right. Interview him as Trump would be yes. phenomenal. He's he I've heard a lot of Trump impressions. His Trump impression may be the best. And also, he it's clear that he also like likes and respects Trump, which is why I think also I like it. But uh, you know, he just does it. It's funny. Like Trump would like Sean's yes. Trump impression because yes. it's very good and 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 it's you know not meant to just be an attack on the president, uh, former president. So here is Ryan Long, who I don't I don't know if I think he's just an actual comedian. I don't I don't think he is conservative. He just makes jokes about things that are out there. I, he's I just anti woke comedy. Anti woke comedy. That's right. Yes. Anti woke comedy, which is such a ripe place. Fertile, for, fertile yeah, area. It's amazing. Be. But here he is, because you've noticed this, there are all these people who, they, they were terrified of getting, you know, there were like 35-year-old urbanites who were terrified of getting what for them would be essentially a sniffle during COVID, and they were right. double-masking, freaking out. And now they've turned on a dime, and they're, hey, no fly zone, shoot down Russian planes, no big deal. Hashtag, I stand with Ukraine. Hashtag, I'm wearing a t-shirt in the colors of Ukraine. He has some thoughts about this he wanted to share. Ryan Long, play. It's been a couple of weeks since I transformed into a Ukraine guy and got to say that I'm loving my new personality. Will you guys denounce Russia? Oh, you're still telling people to stay at home and get vaccinated? <laughs> oh, no, no, it's cool. I mean, yeah, whatever works for you, dude. Ukraine for life. Well, you know what I mean, for a couple of weeks till we get the next one. This is Putin. I just sort of give him one of these. Maybe one of these. I was a big Palestine guy. I was a big Afghanistan guy. What's going on there now? Yeah, actually, pretty good question. I haven't really checked in on it. <sighs> Are they still doing the whole being a country thing? Oh, look, it's Putin's home. You either want America to get in there and start mucking things up, or you love Putin and want to marry him and have sex with him. Yeah, I'm a pretty binary thinker. I'm non-binary and everything else, though. Would the dog be willing to denounce Vladimir Putin? I don't want to be on TV, but I don't want to. We'll remember that. That's all I'm saying. I will be remembered. I mean, yeah, in an ideal world, they wouldn't be white, but at least the bad guys are white, you know? I try to look on the bright side. I think we should just be blocking the airspace and then, you know, let the cards fall. You know, if it's war, then it's war. It's not like I'm fighting personally. I'm not like a, some soldier. I mean, if you ask me, Iraq was probably holding the WMDs for Putin. A little industry seeker, but if you move on to a new personality, you never really have to be held accountable for how right or wrong you were. I mean, there's there's a lot of insight in that. Can I just say the the moving right on clay from there, there's an amazing correlation right now between covid lockdowners, people that get caught up in the, yes. in the mob hysteria. And if we have to shoot down Russian planes, no big deal. What the, the number of people that were terrified of a virus that had no danger to them that are not afraid of nuclear war is I, I don't Funny. understand like if you're a fearful person it would seem to me that you you would overlap there like i am way more afraid of nuclear war than i am of covid right um and i'm not that afraid of nuclear war cuz honestly like what am i going to do it's not as if somebody's going to like call me up and say hey uh you know hey, what do you think we should do here 
I can't control what Vladimir Putin does. But if you were terrified of COVID and didn't leave your house for most of the past two years, which many of these people did, and you're totally okay with World War III, I, I don't understand that that mindset. I really don't. I don't either. I don't think they do. But they don't yeah. they don't stop to think about it, which is the that is what they got going for them, which is nice. They don't have to actually I I, I note that he says, you know, they just move on and never account for maybe getting caught up in COVID hysteria was a bad idea. And now getting caught up in a kind of war fever on behalf of Ukraine as an American is also a bad idea. Like I said, there are people pushing actively still right now for a no fly zone for U.S. planes to shoot down Russian planes. So this this is not over, folks. This is not we're not out of the danger zone on that. Not by a long shot. All right. Switching gears here. Protect yourself from the high cost of automotive repairs with a protection plan from CarShield, America's number one car protection company. CarShield offers protection plans for around a hundred bucks a month and covers more parts than ever before. Whether your car is nearly brand new with just a few thousand miles on it or a longtime uh, companion of yours with 150,000 miles. When you need a repair, you choose the mechanic, and CarShield's administrators handle the rest. No paperwork or headaches. Plans through CarShield also include coast-to-coast roadside assistance, rental car options, and trip reimbursement. All that's yours at no extra cost. Get coverage today, and you'll lock in your price now. It will never go up. That means for as long as you own your car, no matter how old it is, you're protected from the rising cost of parts and repairs for your vehicle. CarShield has helped millions of drivers. They're ready to help you. Go to carshield.com slash Clay and Buck or call 800-391-8888 to save 10% on your plan and lock in your pricing forever. That's carshield.com slash Clay and Buck or call 800-391-8888 to save 10%. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Clay and Buck Show. There are a lot of areas where you could criticize and should criticize the Biden administration, the economy, national security, inflation, gas prices, all, all kinds of stuff where you can point to that are just disaster areas. But one that is a massive problem, one, one the American people should be hearing more about and continues to get worse day in and day out under this Biden regime is our southern border. It is lawless. It is porous. It is effectively open. Some folks are going down there to tell us what's actually happening. One of them joins us now, Ivory Hecker. She is an independent journalist. She spent most of last week doing uh, doing journalism down at the border, telling us what's going on. Ivory, thanks for being with us. Hey, thanks so much for having me. So what did you see? Tell us what's going on right now. You speak to Border Patrol. You speak to uh, people that are trying to help out the Border Patrol. What what are they saying about the current state of security and the rule of law down there? Well, it's a constant stream of migrants going uh, swimming through the Rio Grande. They told me I shadowed uh, a local militia group for three days this past week. And turns out while I was there, uh, media reports of four people ended up drowning in the Rio Grande. Um I got tipped off about a four-year-old girl drowning uh, while attempting to swim across with her family. Um, and uh, Border Patrol confirmed that to me. Um, and she ended up being one of four. But first day there, when we, when we drove, up, drove up to the Rio Grande uh, in Maverick County, Texas, uh, not even 
we couldn't even get out of the truck before there were already migrants swimming across. Uh, so we just turned on our cameras, started rolling. I put all the footage on YouTube um, and watched this group of uh, about six people swim across the Rio Grande. Um, when they got on shore, they said that they had come from Cuba. They had spent a month traveling from Cuba. And it's really interesting that the girl who drowned was from Nicaragua. Uh, turns out another little boy drowned the week I was there. He was from Uruguay, which is way down in South America, uh, Southern Hemisphere. So people, I mean, the word is out that if you want to get into the United States, you go to Mexico and then you swim across and make your way right in. Ivory, do we have any idea what percentage of people that are trying to cross the border we actually apprehend or come in contact with at all? In other words, you're down at the border. I, I know it's difficult, and we have a lot of people working on the border who feel disrespected in the Biden administration in general. But what kind of odds do you have of getting across without any sort of significant interaction with American Border Patrol at all? Well, it, you know, the border is so long that it, there's no telling how many people are honestly getting right through without even, be, even being detected. So, you know, when you look at CBP data, it shows that more than 2 million people were encountered attempting to cross the border last year. But in, in a percentage of those people were sent back a percentage of them were accepted into the U.S., but how many were not encountered? And that's what we just... It's a monster number, right, know. that we never interact with at all, Buck, right? Oh, I mean, there's, ten, there's tens of thousands of gotaways from what I've spoken to Border Patrol that are every month coming into the country, meaning they don't even... They're never even apprehended. They just run right. into the country. The numbers we see about encounters and what Ivory's talking about, people that are coming across and Border Patrol is is apprehending them... That's one that's one number. But the gotaways is why it's one point six million apprehensions last year. When you add the gotaways, it's basically two million people entered the United States illegally. We're speaking to Ivory Hecker, who is an independent journalist who was just down at the border last week. Ivory dot com is uh, her website. You can check out the video of exactly what's going on down there. Ivory, I, I haven't spoken to Border Patrol about this in person in, uh, in a, well, almost a year now. Uh, I was down there last March. The morale at the start of the Biden administration was low. When you spoke to Border Patrol last week, what were they telling you? And do they do they feel like the federal government is even backing them up when it comes to getting their jobs done? Well, you know, when I talked to them, I, I talked to a couple, a couple of agents who are just there. You know, they're not allowed to speak to media at all, but they they were very nonchalant about accepting these guys. And when the Cubans came, uh, sw swam through the river, border agents walked right up with plastic bags, handing plastic bags. It was a routine. It, it, it just seemed very routine to these guys to accept these migrants and give them plastic bags for their wet clothes. So they're like the well they're like the welcoming committee now basically. You cross the Rio Grande yeah. Rio Grande illegally and there's like a federal taxpayer funded welcoming committee for you now. Exactly and the in the militia was joking the whole time that these guys are called the Uber for migrants now. Um, because it's it's not as if it, they're not really hired to uh, to keep people out anymore at this point 
I mean, if you, a lot of migrants know that they should run right into the arms of Border Patrol at this point uh, because they will indeed get uh, filed onto a warm van and sent off to a station where they have a good chance of remaining in the U.S. And, and if they do get sent back across the border, they can just try again. But nothing bad's going to happen to them if they get caught by Border Patrol. A lot of these guys are learning. So, but it was interesting to me in those three days, I never saw Border Patrol agents out there in action, um, you know, chasing after migrants. I did see the, the Texas National Guard dispatched by Governor Abbott. Those guys were sprinting at times, trying to chase down some of these migrants. Border Patrol was nowhere to be seen uh, in regards to that. They would mosey up and hand plastic bags to migrants who'd swum across. But I wasn't, I wasn't seeing that. When I was there uh, several months ago, Border Patrol had a lot of buses that they were filing migrants onto and taking to Catholic Charities. Then I watched Catholic Charities give plane tickets to the migrants to head in further into the U.S. So it's just a very strange scenario, and I think that's why we see Border Patrol's morale plummeting, because they're sitting there questioning whether, you know, why are we called Border Patrol, and why are we believed to be protecting the border when the people on the ground are, are seeing us and calling us Uber, because that's what, that's what they seem to be doing now. Ivory, what do we know about fentanyl and other drugs crossing the border? Obviously, part of this uh, major issue, huge part of it is people, but also the drug trade is coming across the border in massive numbers, I believe. What did you hear about that? Yeah, uh, shadowing the border, uh, the the militia, they were always on the lookout for drugs. Uh, they said that sometimes the, the little bags, you'd see a lot of bags around the border, and some of them would have migrants' belongings in them, but some of them um, would be disguised as migrants' belongings, but they would actually be drugs. Like, uh, at one point, the militia was cracking open cans of tuna. There was a bag with food in it, but they said previously they had encountered a bag of food, and when they opened the containers of food, it was straight drugs. So they were, uh, part of the militia's job was just going through what is left there and making sure none of it is drugs, because that is such an issue. IvoryHecker.com for more of Ivory's reporting from down on the border. Ivory, thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, and it's all on YouTube. I put the I put the coverage of the border on YouTube. Oh, fantastic! Thanks Go check it out. Well, what's your YouTube channel? Uh, just search Ivory Hacker. All righty, there we go. Thank you, Ivory. In the same month, you've been forced to spend much more on gas and facing a certain increase coming in the price of food at the grocery store. There are savings to be found with your cell phone bill. Pure Talk provides immediate cost savings while allowing you to maintain the same level of cell phone quality as customers of AT and T, Verizon, and T Mobile. That's because they use the same network as one of those well-known companies, the same exact cell phone towers, but at much, much less than what you're paying now. When you switch to Pure Talk for your cellular service, you're saving $50 or more per month. That's all while you're keeping your same phone number and same cell phone. Pure Talk makes this possible because you're only paying for what you need. As an example, here's one plan. You get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. From your cell phone, dial pound 250, say Pure Talk, You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. 
You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. Dial pound 250, say Pure Talk. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We are rolling through the Monday edition of the program. And it probably is perfect. Kamala Harris is an unmitigated disaster. The only good thing that Joe Biden has done is pick someone more incompetent than him as his vice presidential running mate because almost any other vice president, people would be aggressively arguing, hey, let's put this vice president in instead of Biden, certainly after the midterms when the Democrats are going to get shellacked. 
But Kamala Harris has been so uncomfortably awkward that she is single-handedly managing to, at some level, make Biden seem not as bad. That's particularly the case because you could at least say with Biden, he's 78 years old. He's rapid, maybe 79 now, whatever the heck he is. He's rapidly deteriorating mentally, and yet he's still not as awkward as Kamala Harris is in her public events. We didn't play this for you. I think this went viral on Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Kamala Harris, here she is laughing during a press conference in Poland as they talk about the situation in Ukraine. I'm wondering what the United States is going to do more specifically to set up a permanent infrastructure. And relatedly, is the United States willing to make a specific allocation for Ukrainian refugees? And for President Duda, I wanted to know if you asked the United States to specifically accept more refugees. Okay. (laughs) A friend in need is a friend indeed. I I mean, weird. It's what's going on there is they asked two questions. And then there's a couple of other clips where she's also super awkward. They didn't know who was going to talk first, which can be an issue if you're doing a press conference. And I don't know that that's the reaction that you would expect to see in a situation like that. And so she's been criticized for this, Buck. The View, which is the dumbest show on television, defending potentially the dumbest politician in America, feels like a perfect fit. Here's the view saying, hey, everybody who is criticizing Kamala Harris is doing it based on racism and misogyny. People are talking about it. I personally think if she was a guy, they would never say it because they also made fun of Hillary's laugh. Mm -hmm. But I don't see them making fun of of Pence's laugh or any of the other guys. Did he laugh? Well, they don't laugh very much. I don't know that it's about her laughing, because I agree. I think that would be very inappropriate and that that's something that they do to women. I think that she has gone on multiple occasions a little bit underprepared with some of the questions that she's been asked. What it is is that they constantly question the qualifications of black women, and that's why people are saying that she's unprepared. And oh, I disagree. I think she's You can disagree, but that's woman. the truth of it. And so this is based in racism. This is based in misogyny. I mean, no, it's actually based in Kamala Harris didn't even get, what, 1% of the Democrat primary electorate? before they voted. I mean, Kamala Harris was not someone that Democrats were going. So I guess the Democrats must all be so racist and sexist because they were not supporting her at the national level for a job like this. She was picked by Joe Biden because Joe Biden is a very old white guy, and they were trying to make sure there was some identity politics component of the Biden regime. So, I mean, the same, you know, Joe Biden is somebody who comes out and actually says, I will only pick somebody with the following gender, skin color, etc. He makes this stuff explicit, so we can speak about it as though he has made it explicit, because he does say this stuff out loud. And Kamala Harris has done a bad job in every, in every instance which she is on the really global stage, but you could say the national stage even more so, she comes out looking like she is unprepared. And it, it is, in fact, possible that we're just analyzing what Kamala Harris is doing in the job and that just crying sexism and racism is not an effective tactic for the Democrats here. I mean, Clay, look at what we say about Joe Biden. I mean, we make fun of Joe Biden all the time. These are politicians. And it yes. just seems pathetic and whiny to fall back on the, uh, it's because she's a woman, it's because she's a minority, give it a rest. We make fun of Biden ten times as much as we do Kamala. No doubt. And also, 
it's the height of hypocrisy to blame racism and sexism for the way that Kamala is treated when, to a large extent, she got the job of vice president based on her race and her sex, right? I mean, you got the job based on your race and sex. So uh, it's certainly sex at minimum because Kamala was selected when Joe Biden said he's going to pick a woman for his vice president. And the fact that he also picked a minority woman is arguably necessary, given, uh, like you said, Buck, his old whiteness and the fact that he's trying to be the diverse and inclusive. And let me say this, too, Buck. You talked about us making fun of Joe Biden. Does no one remember how much Dan Quayle got made fun of? Dan Quayle is the whitest dude vice president imaginable. He got destroyed. For four years, from 1988 to 1992, no vice president has ever gotten ridiculed as much as Dan Quayle did. And it was for many of the same reasons, fair or foul. There was the idea that he was callow, not particularly prepared, didn't deserve that job. And again, I'm not saying this is an accurate criticism of Dan Quayle. I don't know him personally. But I am saying that was the perception for Dan Quayle, which is almost identical to the perception that exists for Kamala. People also get tired, I think, of being told, for example, well, we Kamala is a better pick for this role than other people because of her gender and because of her race. So these are assets. And then a lot of people go, "Okay," And so the Democrats, et cetera, will vote this person to office. And then it's. Well, if you criticize this person, it's because you disapprove of those things. They say, you know, how, what, what is this? I mean, you know, the American people, or in this case, you know, the Democrats vote for somebody and we're supposed to believe that it's, it's an asset for them to, in the diversity and inclusion sense, have these attributes and then also immediately fall back on the moment there's criticism. Oh, that's sexist or that's racist. Everybody thinks Kamala hasn't been doing a good job. Give me a break. But it's the view. It is the dumbest political show. Influential, though, Clay, if you are if you are a a, you know, a semi literate uh, person staying at home who doesn't actually understand anything about politics, you, you may watch the view and think that this is what you're supposed to believe is is the reality of America and the world around you. I think that's unfortunately true for a large number of especially women. Obviously, this is being uh, programmed towards women who are staying at home during the day. I'll also point this out, Buck. This is why if Biden doesn't run, it's going to be racist and sexist of the Democrat Party if they don't pick Kamala Harris as their nominee. This is going to be the underlying, it may be even, it's certainly the subtext, it may be the text of her campaign. I'm the next person up, I was vice president, I am, uh, it's racist and sexist if the Democrats try to pick anybody else. That's the identity politics angle that I think they may have painted themselves into a corner on having to pick her. That's why I think Hillary might try to angle her way in, because she can at least cancel out the sexist part, uh, although she'll probably get called a racist. You know, they also want to throw our friend Tucker in the Biden gulag. Oh, yeah, we got to play that when we come back. I mean, The View does not believe in free speech at all. Yes. At all. And I don't mean they they say that you shouldn't be able to say things. I mean they want they want the government to go after you for Putin propaganda. I also think, Clay, part of this is that the the true believer Democrats were broken with Russia collusion yes. even before they were further broken with Fauciism and the double masking outside alone stuff. And now they can't think straight about Russia. Somehow Russia, when Biden is president, 
is still a referendum on Trump winning in 2016. They haven't been able to figure this stuff out. Robert Mueller was their first St. Fauci, right? Yes. It was St. Robert Mueller is going to deliver the country. I think Comey, evil. actually, but yeah. Well, Comey may idea. have been first, and then eventually yeah. Robert Mueller, the investigation. And when that details came out that Rachel Maddow, remember, she was spinning a huge web of conspiracies associated with Russia. And then after years of that argument, suddenly they had nothing. They were left empty handed. Think about this. Rachel Maddow was by far the biggest show at MSNBC for the three years pre-COVID, right, of the Trump presidency. The Essentially, the entire narrative thread of the show was a lie and insane. Yes. And and, and now she's paid even more money. $30 this is, million this a year. She's not was, even working. She's this, getting to sit out now. This is what I was going to tell people all along. I had to correct a lot of people on the right. Russia collusion hoax, unfortunately in many ways, work. It didn't get everything that it wanted, but it slowed down the Trump presidency. It created all kinds of legal harassment and hurdles. And the worst people in the Democrat corporate media elevated themselves, became richer, more influential. The whole thing, it was was an absolute catastrophe, a cacophony of lies. What about Jen Psaki still was talking in her ridiculous briefing of the TikTok stars? Did you see she said 2016 Russia stole the election in her briefing of the ticket? It's ridiculous in and of itself, but to be still spreading that is is perfection. Listen up, guys. There's a brand of men's underwear you need to know about and try for yourselves. It's Tommy John. When you're wearing Tommy John, you're that much more comfortable, so you can do everything better. With dozens of comfort innovations, once you've tried Tommy John underwear, you're never going back why tommy john doesn't just have fans but fanatics you buy and wear their gear just once and you quickly become a fanatic and not just a customer their innovations are endless and include the incredible use of fabric that is moisture wicking and has four times the stretch of competing brands it's the highest quality fabric you'll ever have seen in men's underwear it's worth every penny simply said their products make for the most comfortable perfect fit With over 17 million pairs sold, men across America love their Tommy John underwear. I love all their gear. I'm wearing a Tommy John hoodie right now and a Tommy John T-shirt underneath. Shipping and returns are free because every pair is backed by Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Get 20% off your first order right now at TommyJohn.com slash buck. Go to TommyJohn.com slash buck today for 20% off. TommyJohn.com slash Buck. See site for detail. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear. 
and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.